Today on the Main Quest podcast, it's Mega Man 2 and 3. Welcome back to another episode of the Main Quest podcast. This is, of course, the number one retro gaming podcast that might make you feel young again until I make you realize you're just middle-aged and replacing that reality with nostalgia. As always, I am your host, Keith. And if this is your first episode, what the hell, what, what is going on here? Well, I'm here, replaying just about every game that I've ever had, talking about it, breaking it down, sometimes focusing on a single thing for way too long and then dragging that out. And then by the end of the episode, I'm going to try and find it in my heart to recommend that game to you. I don't know how much I want to talk about anything else right now, considering this uh, could be a pretty long episode. I did all of those E3 minisodes recently, so you guys know all my thoughts on that. Um, I'm going to be honest, I just have not been feeling very good at all. Uh, not, you know, physically, just like mentally, like I just have been in this slump past couple of weeks and I just cannot get out of it and I don't know what to do. I honestly don't know what to do. There's been at least a couple of like two times where I canceled plans with friends over the past couple of weeks, which is insane because I should want to be able to get out and go see people that I haven't seen. Um, uh, Considering, you know, I haven't really hung out with anybody like the past year or so. So there's something wrong. There's something going on. And uh, yeah, of course, depression. Like, I, yeah, obviously. But I just, uh, I don't know. It's just been a pretty rough couple of weeks and it really fucking sucks. And I just don't, um, don't know what to do. I don't know. Video games help a little bit, but not really. <laughs> it just kind of makes me forget about what the fuck is going on, which is to say there's not really anything going on. Like, I don't know what it is. I just just not have been feeling good, man. I, I don't get it. I'm basically just recording these monologues a day or two before the actual episode comes out. I need to start doing that more often so that the monologues can actually be relevant. So I've been playing Returnal. At this point, it's been maybe like a week or two since I last played Returnal, but I have been playing Returnal, and it's something I've been wanting to talk about on the show. I'm not going to talk about it too much, because again, this is going to probably be a really long episode, uh, but Returnal's fucking phenomenal. I'm pretty sure I'm at the final biome, like the last level. It's, man... I just love the atmosphere of this game and the ambient sounds, especially in that second. The second biome is probably my favorite. Just the ambience and fucking the character design on these enemies is fucking out of this world. I mean, you're on an alien planet. Of course, it's out of this world, but it's so it's so creative. The music just fits so well with the action of the game and what initially drew me into the game is just seeing how well I keep wanting to call her Samus. Her name isn't Samus. I for, I forget the main character's name. This game this game really does remind me of Metroid a lot. But I just wanted to see how well she controls 
because almost every roguelike that I've ever played has been 2D. And I'm sure you guys will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Returnal is the first fully 3D third-person roguelike. It's at least the first that I've ever heard or played. And then you also have the bullet hell mechanics. And all of this stuff is combined into this gameplay. And it just plays and feels so phenomenal. Everything about this game is like, I mean, it's current gen, but it is next gen. There's so much stuff happening on the screen. There's so many particle effects. There's just so much stuff, especially during the boss fights. I mean, my God, it just it, the entire game is kind of like being at a EDM concert during some of these fights. And there's absolutely no slowdown anywhere. There's it's just I don't know. There's there's no way like there's no way I see a game like this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this can run on the PS4. <laughs> there's just no way. It's such a great game. It's like one of those games where it's like I'm looking at it now and then by the end of the PS5's life cycle, I'm going to go back and look at it and be like, oh, that was a cute game. Remember? <laughs> Remember when people didn't really know how to fully utilize the PS5? Like, oh, this Eternal's kind of a cute looking game. <laughs> like it just I think the stuff that we're going to get way later is going to blow something like this out of the water. So. But right now, I mean, this is like top notch right right now. I know there's a lot of people that are playing Ratchet and Clank who are also fully enjoying that game as well. I'm not that interested in Ratchet and Clank, to be honest. I'm probably not going to play it. I have the remake, which I've been meaning to play. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not that interested. So yeah, Returnal. It's fucking great. I'm, stu I'm totally stuck on that last biome. It's really hard. And one thing you wouldn't really expect in a game like this is there's tons of platforming involved. And sometimes it can just be an absolutely miserable time. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to keep chipping away at it. I'm going to beat it eventually. And maybe friend of the show, Ryan from List Off, might hop on the podcast and uh, we can talk about it. So maybe look forward to that towards the end of the year. I don't know. But speaking of games going from... Um, hard to easy i don't know did that even make any sense i played two games for <laughs> for today's show mega man 2 and mega man 3 So I just want to get this out of the way before we start. This isn't a compilation cart like Donkey Kong Classics was. Technically for the show, I played it on the Mega Man collection for the Switch. But I am talking about these as entirely two separate games. And the only reason why I'm doing both in one episode is because they're pretty much the exact same game. So I see no point in doing one now and then a few weeks from now 
dedicating an entirely separate episode on the same thing. So I'm doing them both here, just knocking them out. Now my personal history with both of these is relatively brief. I do remember having a copy of Mega Man 2 as late as like 1997, and I have no idea why we had it. It could be because we still had the uh, that um, top-loaded re-release of the NES. I remember that thing sitting around the house for a while, and that thing is fucking that redesign for the NES. Go look it up, cause that. I don't know, I think that thing is fucking hideous. It looks so stupid, especially when the cartridge is in the slot. You've just got like this fucking long ass cartridge out. I don't know, looks weird to me. That should be an entire episode on its own. Turns out gaming companies have been redesigning their hardware for decades. It's not really as new as you think. Anyway, in 2015 and 2016, I had the bright idea of playing through the franchises that I wasn't really familiar with and there were three and i've know i've brought these up multiple times in the show already there were three there's final fantasy the legend of zelda and mega man now mega man was something i decided to go through and play after my friend and i had played the first one in a barcade and i was like i don't really have any experiences with the original mega man franchise so i started that played through the first one and you can obviously hear my experiences with that one in the episode that I did for it and so then I got to two and I was like okay this is definitely easier than the first one and then I got to the third game and I was like oh this is just as easy maybe even easier than the last and that kind of was my experience with all of the games as I kind of progressed through them and I think I made it to the like Mega Man 8 and that's kind of when I jumped off, because honestly, it just got to a point where I felt like there wasn't anything else the franchise could give give me. All of those games just, I mean, past three, they just get very samey. And there are some minor changes here and there, but it's nothing like the X series where uh, they really go off the rails with some of the mechanics, just for better or for worse. So Mega Man 2 also known as Mega Man 2, The Mystery of Dr. Wily, and Mega Man 3 are action platformers developed and published by, of course, the podcast's favorite developer, Capcom. Returning as director for Mega Man 2 is Akira Kitamura, while Masayoshi Kurokawa took the reins for the first time, sort of, with Mega Man 3. Keiji Inafune returned as the art designer for the games, and Maname Matsume composed the game soundtrack, second game soundtrack. The composer for Mega Man 3 is none other than Main Quest All-Star, Harume Fujita. You might know her from Bionic Commando, Ghosts and Goblins, and um, she's actually going to make another appearance on the show later this year. I'll give you a shout out if you can track down her work and guess which game I'll be covering that has Fujita involved in it. That's a little bit of that's a little bit of homework for you guys. The development on both of these games couldn't be any more different. Mega Man 2 was a labor of love created by many of the same people that made the first one. And I don't know if I mentioned this in the episode I did on the first game, but it didn't sell very well. 
It, it was not the hit that Capcom was looking for, but Kinemura insisted that he wanted to make a sequel. And Capcom eventually gave them the green light with the condition that the team continues to work on more important projects while also developing Mega Man 2 on their own time. So kind of like Alexei Pajitnov and Tetris, except without, you know, the Soviets breathing down their backs, Kinemura, Fujiwara, and Inafune worked long nights and weekends uh, because it was just something that they really wanted to make. They had the creative freedom to basically do whatever they wanted to do and improve upon what they did with the first Mega Man game, which some of you might know, greatly needed some improvements. Inafune himself actually remembers having worked several 20-hour days while also at the same time having to teach a brand new artist how to create art for video games. And in only three months, three months of development time, Mega Man 2 was born. And to save time and space on hardware limitations, because uh, of course there were hardware limitations, the team decided to not only carry over the exact same gameplay from the first game, but they also limited the number of sprites and enemies on screen in favor of traps and you know more platforming across all the stages. They also added three uh, support abilities to help with the game's difficulty, as well as adding two more robot masters to each game. This was also the start of a long running contest where Capcom would advertise in Nintendo Power, I believe, uh, with the chance for fans to create their own robot masters. And this would allow uh, their creations to have a chance of premiering in Mega Man 2. Now, Capcom received well over 8,000 submissions, and even though some designs were chosen, they were redesigned in, in some way to actually fit the design of the existing game that they had. Mega Man 2 was released on December 24th, 1988 for the Famicom in Japan, July 1989 for the NES in the States, and December, every place else that's less privileged. Mega Man 2 was a huge success. It has a 9 out of 10 on Nintendo Life, 9.5 out of 10 on IGN, 8 out of 10 on EGM, and a 9.2 on Metacritic. It's a game that is often cited as being one of the best games of all time, which is something, you know, that's been loosely tossed around for the better part of 20 years now to just about any game anybody touches. And so with that, Capcom immediately wanted a, a follow-up. They wanted it now. Not later, they want it now. Well, actually, uh, before we move on to Mega Man 3, I forgot. I have to talk about the box art for Mega Man 2, right? Because if you remember, the box art for the first game, over here in America at least, was absolutely the masterwork of a serial killer with butt plugs for eyes. It's easily one of the worst box covers ever made for a game. So, what's Mega Man 2 like? Well, it's better. <laughs> Mega Man looks like a human being but it's like it's just literally a dude in a blue motorcycle outfit and he has a gun he's even wearing he's even wearing like a motorcycle helmet with like the visor on it which would actually probably help with that flash man encounter or crash man always wear your helmet during crash man 
<laughs> but also in the background, like Doctor, they drew Doctor Light, and he's hiding behind a guy with drill arms. I don't know who this guy with drill arms is. There's no drill arm guy in this game. And it looks like Dr. Light is like he's pointing at Mega Man and it looks like he's just like, go fuck up Mega Man. Go get him. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, why is Dr. Light defiantly pointing at Mega Man? Dr. Light and Quick Man? I'm guessing that's Quick Man. The, the guy that Mega Man is shooting at. Design-wise, it's pretty much the only thing that this artist got right. But on to Mega Man 3, whose development was all kinds of fucked. In fact, Inafune has gone on to say that this was the worst game he's ever worked on. And what's even more fascinating about this is that he's actually been pretty candid about the development of the game, when most game developers of this generation are actually pretty tight-lipped about the behind-the-scenes stuff. There's so many great interviews in the... Mega Man, the Complete Works book, and there's tons more over on Schmopulations, uh, both of which I suggest you guys check out. They're great resources. But even after Inafune left Capcom in 2010, he never really had anything bad to say about his time there unless it related to Mega Man 3. And once Mega Man 2 was out, it started making Capcom tons of money. It took them about a year to actually greenlight the sequel. But in this short amount of time, a lot of the staff that worked on Mega Man 1 and Mega Man 2, they left. They moved on to other companies. Inafune basically found himself having to create a team and take on the entire project himself. Seeing how there was a bit of narrative in Mega Man 2, he planned on carrying that over to 3 and expanding it. Unfortunately, something happened. Something happened between the director, Kurokawa, and the rest of the team, and Kurokawa ended up leaving the project about halfway through its development. And despite all we know about the game's development, Inafune still really hasn't addressed why their lead director left in the middle of making the game. In fact, Inafune doesn't even mention uh, Kurokawa by name. Kurokawa did eventually return to the franchise with 5 and 6, but it was after that he joined up with another main quest all-star, Tokoro Fujiwara, and they opened up their own uh, short-lived game development studio. Uh, they actually went on to make the Tomba series, and that's it, and <laughs> the studio went bankrupt. So Tomba, underrated game, by the way. But here are some quotes by Inafune himself on the development of Mega Man 3. The reason 3 is my least favorite wasn't because of gameplay or that I didn't like the game, but it was mainly because of just what was behind the release of the game. For example, I was forced to put the game out before I thought it was ready, 
and we lost the main planner. She's referring to Kurokawa here. And we lost the main planner along the way. So I basically had to fill in that role to finish the game. I thought that we needed more time, and we had two months to finish the final 50% of the game. I knew that if we had more time to polish it, we could do a lot of things better, make it a better game, but the company said that we needed to release it. The whole environment behind what went into the production of the game is what I least favored. Number one and two, I really wanted to make games. I was so excited about them. Number three, it just turned out different. Going into three, we got a new leader, but he didn't really understand Mega Man the way Kitamura-san did, and that resulted in some headaches. It was especially hard on me because I learned so much while working on one and two, which left me with a lot of preset notions about how things should be. And so without really much to go on creatively, Inafune drew a lot of inspiration the same way Kinemora did from anime and the Super Sentai series. He basically likened the battles against the robot masters as episodic fights against new monsters as seen in things like Cyborg 009 and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He also introduced Mega Man's pet robot dog Rush as a stand-in for the support abilities of the last game, as well as uh, giving Mega Man the ability to slide along platforms. And even within all this chaos, Mega Man 3 came out and was just as big of a success as Mega Man 2. It only undersold Mega Man 2 by like a narrow, very narrow margin, uh, a couple thousand actually, but was still something Inafune could basically hang his hat on. It's And it's because of Mega Man 3, Inafune is largely known among the big developers such as um, uh, Miyamoto or uh, Kojima. It's why really nobody knows about Kitamura when talking about that first game. Inafune became the sole person responsible for Mega Man from 3 on out. Mega Man 3 was released in Japan for the Famicom and the NES in the U.S., in 1990, and our pals in the PAL region, <laughs> they got it two years later in 1992. Mega Man 3 received a 9 out of 10 on Nintendo Life, 9.5 out of 10 on IGN, 9 out of 10 on EGM, which is slightly higher than their score for Mega Man 2, and 9.2 on Metacritic. So basically, a lot of critics just kind of feeling just about the same might maybe just like slightly better on this one than Mega Man 2. I also found a bit of local history pertaining to my neck of the woods actually uh, doing research for these uh, scores. The Milwaukee Journal, also known as the Journal Sentinel now, uh, gave Mega Man 3 a perfect score and then I just kind of went down a rabbit hole and found out that they actually used to have a section in the Milwaukee Journal dedicated to video games. And I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think they have in some time now, unless, I don't know, the only time they talk about video games nowadays in, in the news is when a kid shoots up a school, so. Anyway, nobody knows, nobody even knows what a newspaper is. It's probably because the Grim Reaper killed them all off. And that's a Paperboy reference. <laughs> Um, and of course, before we move on, 
the box art for Mega Man 3. What is what is that? Well, that's better than Mega Man 2. <laughs> We're getting there. Mega Man looks like Mega Man, but I don't know. His face is super fucked up. Like his his eyes are like they kind of look like Sonic the Hedgehog eyes for some reason. And his face like, I don't know, it's not really uncanny valley because it's illustrated, but it looks like they're trying to go with something like a little more realistic. I don't know. His face just seems off. Otherwise, I mean, this is the best box art of, of the series yet. Of the original NES boxes, I think my favorite would have to... I think my favorite would have to go to six. But um, we gotta start talking about these games, right? to talk about but at the same time like it kind of isn't the difference between these games are pretty minimal but we've got to start at the story first Mega Man didn't have an in-game story not really I can't I can't even really remember actually but Mega Man 2 starts with probably one of the most iconic NES intros actually you know you put the game in, turn it on, and this melody starts playing, and there's this shot given to us uh, that looks over a city, and there's some mountains in the background, and then the story is being set up. Quote, in the year 200X, which we found out to be actually 2008 or something like that in the last episode, but in the year 200X, a super robot named Mega Man was created. Dr. Light created Mega Man to stop the evil desires of Dr. Wily. However, after his defeat, Dr. Wily created eight of his own robots to counter Mega Man. End quote. And then the camera begins to pan up a skyscraper. And the music slowly crawls to an end. And as we get to the top of the skyscraper, the music just kicks right back into that Mega Man theme. And Mega Man is sitting there at the top of the building looking down at the city, his helmet's off, the wind's blowing in his hair, like Mega Man's just looking like a magnificent motherfucker up there. You And then you press start, he beams the fuck out of there, and you go kill some robots. So yeah, I mean, as far as the story goes, whatever happened to Wily after the first game, I don't know. I don't know how he's a free man now, and I guess it really doesn't matter. He's the villain of all the mainline games. He's always coming back spoilers but if you remember from the first game he reprogrammed ordinary robots to instead kill everybody and this time in Mega Man 2 he creates his own robots to basically carry out a hit on Mega Man now to contrast this it's very different Mega Man 3 put the cartridge in you start up the game you're just greeted simply by a title card nothing else just Mega Man 3 the music is pretty somber sounding melancholic it's good it just doesn't remind me of Mega Man it's just kind of bland and boring there's just nothing to this you just turn it on and it's just logo title screen 
starter options. That's that's it. And knowing what we know now, I mean that it's probably indicative of a game's development, but um, the manual reads, this one's a little bit longer, quote, guy dr light is talking about it's dr wiley yeah so i don't know this is a pretty wild story because you're playing the game there's no mining worlds there's no crystals it's just like the other two games <laughs> it's just non-linear gameplay eight robot masters a wily fortress and then you fight dr wiley uh they introduce rush in Mega Man 3 as they stated earlier and Rush plays a bigger role in the later games. Um, but again, here in Mega Man 3, he's just nothing more than just um, utility to get around, basically. So I'll just give a quick refresher here on the gameplay. It's very much the same as the first one. You're just jumping and shooting. As far as the regular enemies go in Mega Man 2, they don't follow you around the screen as much if you happen to just run from them. And the enemy placement in Mega Man 2 has much more thought put into it. Every enemy you come across is there for a reason. So all around, you can already just kind of tell at this point just how much the team learned from the first game. And you got Mega Man 3, which very much carries on that same development polish, but also kind of goes back to Mega Man 1 in, in, in a lot of ways. I think by Mega Man 3, I mean, the NES was pretty much on its last legs. I think they kind of tapped into the power of the NES at that time and uh, learned that they could put more sprites on screen. And so the enemy placement is a little absurd at times. Coming off of Mega Man 2, I thought 3 was a little bit harder to get through at times, but that could also be because I took a weird route through that game, and we'll get to that in 15 minutes or so. But for the most part, both games do play very similar. The only addition to Mega Man 3 is you have an ability to slide. I typically use this a lot when I didn't want to deal with the more bullet spongy enemies. I just, just take a hit and slide right past them. Now, if you remember, in Mega Man, the support items had to be found by exploring the stages. In Mega Man 2, they are instead given to you after beating certain robot masters. And in Mega Man 3, 
I think they're available to you at the start of the game. You might acquire them after certain robot masters again. I'm not really sure. I could be wrong on that. Mega Man 1 encouraged you to use those items in certain spots, uh, though you could certainly go without using them. Actually, no, I think there's there was one spot where you have to use it that I vaguely remember running into issues with that. I think, yeah, I think I missed the power up or something when I played it for the show. But um, in Mega Man 2, yeah, I didn't really lean on any of these at all. And in Mega Man 3, uh, they kind of make you use Rush pretty frequently, but up front I didn't really use them a lot. So I don't, I don't remember how you acquire the Rush parts. I, I don't know. I don't remember. But um, I, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on these either way. I, I'll just say... I do kind of like how the first game forces you to kind of explore the stages a little more because, uh, you know, you would see the power up on the other side of the screen or like blocked off by a wall or something. And you kind of have to figure out exactly how to go about getting the power up. I think that type of stuff, I think that really promoted replayability and Mega Man 2 and 3 just eh, just kind of does away with that. And lastly, the final edition to both of the games, which is something introduced in Mega Man 2, is the energy tanks, or E-tanks. These are just single-use items which you can gather and use any time to restore Mega Man's health. These items are typically put in hard-to-reach spots, and they do bring back some of that exploration I just mentioned, but uh, you can ultimately go through the game, both of these games, without using them. Chances are, just by going through the game, playing it casually, you already have a couple of them by the time you hit the hit the Wily stages. So let's have a quick rundown of my routes through these games. Again, the Mega Man games are non-linear. You can pretty much decide what stages you want to tackle until you get to the Wily Tower. That rock, paper, scissors rule from that first game with the Robot Masters returns here as they do over the course of the next 29 games. And from Mega Man 2 on, there are now eight initial stages instead of six. So, as you know, every game has a correct route or easiest route through. And I fully admit, I don't remember any of them for these original games. Now, the Mega Man X games, on the other hand, when we talk about those, I'll fuck some Robot Masters up in those. So, of course, to make things interesting... I went into both of these games completely blind, and after the fact um, for the show, I looked up the correct order to compare what I did. So here is the easiest way to get through Mega Man 2. It's Air Man, Crash Man, Flash Man, Wood Man, Quick Man, Metal Man, Bubble Man, and then Heat Man. This is the route I took through the game. Air Man, Crash Man, Quick Man, Heat Man, Wood Man, Bubble Man, Metal Man, and Flash Man. A little bit different, not terrible though. I did run into some problems, but it wasn't too difficult to figure out. I found out most people actually start with Air Man, so I kind of looked out there, and it is the easiest and probably one of the more aesthetically interesting stages to start out on 
it's definitely that level where it's like the showcase for the rest of the game, basically. Uh, so next is Crash Man. I don't know where my logic was with this. I, was, I think I was thinking like, I don't know, wind forces things to crash into each other. I don't know. I just basically I lucked out once again. The entire level is pretty easy to uh, traverse and is much more vertical than just about any Mega Man level so far that we played. Crash Man himself, pretty easy. And as far as selecting, you know, the correct weakness, I mean, this game is so forgiving if you have have the right weapon going into these fights with the right weapon, because it's like two or three hits is just enough to kill any of these bosses, which is insane. And then I went to quick man stage because I don't know, I have no idea. Crash man. And then you, you get his weapon and I'm like, all right, quick man, because if you run into a bomb, you're going to stop. You're going to come to a stop. I don't know. Turns out that doesn't make sense. And this was the first slip up that I had in, in the boss rush order. Boss rush order? Whatever. I don't know. It actually didn't stop my enjoyment of the game because when I got to Quickman himself, I think this was the point in the game where I just noticed how much more fun and interesting the boss battles are. The bosses in that first game were just fucking unfair. It was the programming, again, the programming in Mega Man is terrible. And I'm fucking specifically looking at you, Fireman. Uh, the bosses in Mega Man 2 are just, they're just plain fun to fight. They're just fun boss boss fights. Quick Man stage is also the infamous Mega Man 2 stage that has the laser beams. I don't know what they are. I'm assuming they're laser beams. They actually look like string cheese to me, but... Mega Man basically has to free fall down an open pit while beams shoot from one end of the screen to the other on the x-axis. And of course, hitting one of these beams is just, it's an instant kill. So pretty infamous, legendary stage. A lot of fun though. Tough, but a lot of fun. Next up was Heat Man. This entire level, I got down here, peak platforming. I can't remember if the disappearing, reappearing blocks are in the first game or not. Again, this is something I just might be wrong on. I swear I played that first game. I think they are. I'm pretty sure they're in at least one of the stages. And they do come back here in the in Heatman stage, except they're laid out so well. And when you get the timing right, when you jump on those blocks, man, it's satisfying. It's... Again, this game is so much fun. Some people find the stage to be really annoying, but I don't know. I like it. You just got to get good, right? And of course, you could just pussy out and use the rush jet or whatever. I, it, I don't think it's called rush jet in this game, but that's what I'll, that's what I'll call it. And um, yeah, you can just use that and fly across the gaps. I won't judge you if you do that, not harshly, at least. <laughs> Next up, I had to fight Woodman. 
And going into this, my logic was just beat Heat Man. I got the power of fire. Let's burn it down. Burn it all. Because that's something you can do. That makes sense. Logically, that makes sense. You can set wood on fire. But apparently not in the world of Mega Man. Woodman was brushing off Heat Man's atomic fire like it was nothing. It's called atomic fire. It's Woodman. Atomic fire versus Woodman. What the fuck, Capcom? So once I got to this fight and realized that fire doesn't do anything to wood, I'm like, well, now anybody could be weak to anything now. I don't know what to think after this. Like, if fire can't destroy wood, I'm lost. So, I don't know, naturally I just didn't put any thought into the next Robot Masters, and I just went into Bubble Man stage, which starts out with, like, a very jarring waterfall at the beginning of the stage, animated, like, this animated waterfall in the background. It looks cool, but it also kind of fucking hurt my eyes. Really? Well, this is obnoxious. Alright, well, it's been a couple minutes and this obnoxious motherfucker is still here. You gotta keep going. Bubble Man stage. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like your basic water level from here on out. Uh, some of it kind of reminded me of that first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, which is definitely a stay tuned for that episode. Um, but it reminded me of that that level where you have to avoid the spikes while you're swimming around. Or in Mega Man's case, he doesn't actually swim, he jumps. Um, but obviously here in Mega Man 2, it's a lot more forg forgivable. And now, of course, <laughs> the order is all messed up now. Um, I didn't have Metal Blade from Metal Man yet, right? But Metal Man was the next Robot Master I decided to take on because I was like, now again, I don't know why I'm using, trying to use my logic here. I was just in a water level, right? And water rusts metal, but also it doesn't, <laughs> apparently. I, uh, uh, I got a note here, which is ironic. Uh, it just says, is everyone weak to quick boomerang? And I think I was actually really leaning on that weapon up until this point. And it's, it worked out for me, for the most part. Uh, but what makes that question ironic is actually due to a programming error. Metal Blade is famously the most OP weapon in the game, which is something I completely forgot about, actually. Everybody in this game is weak to Metal Blade. And it's a meme. It's actually a meme. And I just completely forgot about it. Uh, either way, Metal Man is actually weak to quick boomerang. So after stumbling around, you know, the last four stages, I finally got it right, which I'm, you know, I'm bound to at this point with only one robot master left, which was Flashman. Probably my least favorite level. It's just kind of boring. And at this point, like, yeah, Flashman is a piece of cake. I don't remember which weapon I used on him. Could have been Crash Bomb or Metal Blade, but... Either way, wasn't really an issue. And then next, of course, are the Wily stages. I don't really have too many notes on this. Um, the first stage is probably the most memorable stage of the entire game. Because, you know, not only is, I mean, that music, that music is just so 
good, man. It's so good. In fact, the music jams in this level so hard that when it was being made, Kitamura wanted it specifically for this stage because it reminded him of somebody storming a castle. He wanted the player to feel like they've become so powerful that they can basically just take on anything now. But also combined with the fantastic music, this stage also ends with that famous dragon boss fight. And this dragon sprite looks so cool. And when you actually look at it, it's not doing a lot. Like the only animation it has are its wings. Otherwise, it's just this giant sprite moving around on the screen independently. So I don't know. The whole thing is just it's a cool fight. And um, it was a lot easier than I remember it being. Otherwise, um, there's really nothing else of note with these Wily stages. Um, I've got something else written down here that the boss in the third stage looks like Gutsman with tank treads. And my only note on the fourth stage, I have in all capitals here, Boob Beam. I have no idea what that was. What was I referring to? I wish I could remember. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I also think this is uh, the stage where you can get soft locked if you don't have enough crash bomb ammo. You basically... You know, every Wily stage ends with a boss, but with this one, you basically get locked in this room with a bunch of turrets, and those are blocked off by bombable walls. But if you're using Crash Bomb throughout the stages like I was, because in some points you have to just to make things easier on yourself, then you might not have enough ammo going into this room to beat this boss, and you'll just be stuck in the room forever. Because that's basically the only thing the turrets are weak to. It is the only thing that the turrets are weak to. All I can think about is boob beam now. What the fuck is boob beam? What is that? What was I talking about? Anyway. So then we have the boss rush. All eight robot masters, once again. And then you get the fight with Dr. Wily, which is pretty similar to that first fight in the first game. And after you defeat him, he flies away in an escape pod. And then there's this really eerie dramatic like walk through a cave that you have to make to fight the last boss like Mega Man is literally just dropped down into the bottom of this cave there's no music playing it at all and as you're walking through the cave blood is dripping down from the ceiling it's such a dramatic change in the atmosphere of this game it's so off and I think because it is so different it just makes it that much more eerie it's very strange uh, but then when you do reach the next boss, the final boss room, uh, you're just put into this black void, and then Dr. Wily appears. But Dr. Wily turns into an alien, and now we're flying through space fighting this alien who is only weak to bubbles. It's a pretty easy fight. It's Once you realize what his weakness is, it's it's relatively easy. But then after this, there's like this nice comedic moment basically where um the whole outer space background fades away and it turns out you're actually in this room with dr wiley who's behind a control panel and then you realize oh the entire fight was just a hologram and then after this you know we get a nice cutscene of mega man walking home and like the seasons are changing or something how far away was he from home that's he can teleport, right? Why is he walking? Anyway, 
Not sure. But the final screen is just this fucking sick-ass shot of a small mountain village, and on top of a hill sits Mega Man's helmet. It's just a really well-made little screen there. And that's pretty much Mega Man 2. Again, this is such a disappointing turn for the series uh, when we get to Mega Man 3. Because you turn the game on, there's no dope-ass intro. It's just the title screen. If you're impatient, you don't even get to hear the actual song that plays out. So I think, you know, if you do check this game out, you should at least stick around for like two minutes as the song finally starts to play because you don't really hear much if you don't sit on that title screen. But I understand if you're impatient because there's robot masters to bust. So let's get busting, right? Now, there's kind of a weird change. Immediately, there's there's just like this weird change Capcom makes with the stage selection screen because the past two games in the center of the screen, it has a Dr. Wily symbol. But instead, in Mega Man 3, they've replaced that center symbol with Mega Man's face, and as you scroll around the screen, his eyes awkwardly follows wherever you put the cursor. I guess if you read the manual for the game, it's supposed to really make you think that Dr. Wily isn't going to be the bad guy, but if you don't read the manual before playing the game like I do, it's just a really weird fucking change. Like, they could have put anything else on here. It, Mega Man's head just looks really dumb sitting here. Little things. Anyway. The correct way to play through Mega Man 3 is Top Man, Shadow Man, Spark Man, Magnet Man, Hard Man, Gemini Man, Needle Man, Snake Man. My route through the game, it's very fucked up, it's wrong, it's very wrong. Needle Man, Magnet Man, Spark Man, Shadow Man, Hard Man, Gemini Man. Snake Man, Top Man. I played the first boss last. I'm not going to take as much time on these individual levels unless I have something of, of importance noted on here. Um, but yeah, again, I kind of talked about it at the top of the show. I had a really rough time with this game. I totally fucked up the order. But to be fair, like, did you listen to these fucking names? Hard Man. Is weak to Magnet Man, I guess? Needle Man? Is weak to Gemini Man? What does that mean? <laughs> There's just... I couldn't put any logic to use here. These are all just leaps of faith, honestly. So first was Needle Man. Um, that was the first level I played. And also the first level where I was like, oh, there's more enemies here than anything I played on Mega Man 2. And their placement is a lot more unforgiving. Also noted that Needleman was a fucking tank, and obviously, yeah, there's a reason for that, because in the correct order, he's one of the last robot masters that you fight. <laughs> so, 
Nope, no wonder. Uh, next, I did Magnet Man, and there's this neat trick that they did with the enemies here at the beginning of the stage where they like can kind of attract Mega Man and like lift him up into the air. Because, of course, Meg Mega Man's made of metal. I thought this kind of made for some interesting platforming sections. Uh, this is also the first stage where Proto Man is introduced. For me, at least, it was. Pretty easy fight. Proto Man just jumps and shoots, and all you have to do is jump and shoot back. It's very reminiscent of um, the fight that we have in the first game with our clone. Um, it's very much just that. There's also a section in this level with the disappearing and reappearing blocks again. You know, the blocks that you have to platform across. Except this time, you have these giant magnets that are pulling you towards them. They're, they're on the wall. And oftentimes, they're placed right over pits. So they're pulling you right over these pits that you can fall into and die. I had a really tough time with this part. I'm, I don't know. I just really thought it fucking sucked. And I think it was, I think because I was so concerned with just trying to stay alive without, you know, getting pulled in by those magnets, uh, it was just hard for me to actually pay attention to the way the blocks would appear that I had a platform on. Yeah, it was just fucking, I hated it. I hated it. All things considered, though, when I got to Magnet Man, he was at least pretty easy, so... Next was Sparkman. The only thing I have here is that there's these enemies that, oh yeah, there yeah there's these enemies that stand in place and they kind of like swing. It looks like they're swinging a javelin or something. And they toss it at Mega Man, and I just noted here that I just thought their animation was done really well. Like Mega Man Three is a very technically like graphically impressive, despite you know its hurried and disastrous development. The graphics in both of these games, I mean, they look very much like Mega Man 1. They're, they're not drastically changed, but the animations with some of the enemies are much better. The development team be behind these games did a wonderful job with what little they had to work with. So I next went to Shadow Man stage. Uh, this was my second encounter with Proto Man here. And you should know from here on out, every encounter that you have with Proto Man it's exactly the same. There's no strategy to them. You just you're jumping and shooting. He's jumping and shooting. Everybody's jumping and shooting. I did note that there's tons of slowdown in this stage. I think this is the stage where everything gets completely blacked out as well. And um, there is tons of platforming near the end and uh, enemies walking around. So this level is a lot of chugging, a lot of chugging going on. And this was the first time I actually realized Rush was in the game, because again, I don't use those supplementary power-ups very much, but near the end of this stage, I was just, man, I was just doing so bad at all the fucking tight platforming that you have to do, so I just cheated right through the end of the stage and just I just used Rush to get through it. I also think I used, I think it's called Spark Shock here, Sparkman's ability, um, because I have written down that Sparkman's ability must be the sound clip Toby Fox pulled for Metaton in Undertale. And I can kind of, I hear it in my head. I'm going to play those two clips here. Let you guys be the judge. Here's Sparkshot. And this is what Metaton sounds like in Undertale. I'm on to you, Toby Fox. That's another game, folks, that you uh, should stay tuned for on this show. 
So the next stage I went to must be hard man because I have written down here. Fuck hard man and his ability to freeze you in midair. <laughs> um, yeah, so so basically when you fight him, he stands in place and fires his fists at you. I don't know. I I've never done it, but we shouldn't be fisting robots, guys. Robots, they can't give you consent. Just it seems wrong. But after hard man, you know what? Hard man is a creep. Hard man. Hard man. His name is fucking creepy. His fists are creepy. Keep your fists away from me, my son. But after hard man is done fisting Mega Man, <laughs> he'll jump into the air. And when he lands, Mega Man just freezes. Like no matter what you're doing, if you're standing on the ground or jumping in midair, you know, to avoid getting concussed from that fall, you still just freeze in midair. And it just obviously caused me a lot of aggravation just talking about it. It doesn't make sense. If you jump in the air, you should be able to avoid it, but you don't. Uh, next was Gemini Man. Tons of lag in this stage as well. Things uh, really slow down when you're jumping over that. There's like a section where you're platforming over a lake bed, basically, and there's enemies not only flying around the stage like in air, but there's also enemies popping up from the water also, and there's projectiles and everything. So it really fucking slows down here. The stage itself is basically covered like in bubbles for some reason. I don't know what Gemini Man is. I don't know what that is, but I don't know. It's the most colorful Mega Man stage I think I've seen out of the first three games here. It's it's weird. It's a weird design, but it looks really cool. So after I kicked Gemini Man's ass, I went to Snake Man stage. Following along with weird stages, I mean, this stage design is fucking strange. The entire stage stage is covered in snake skin and you even encounter giant snakes throughout the level that are actually like attached to the level itself. Uh, I've got notes here that this stage is laggy as well. Tons of slowdown here and also snake man is weak to needle cannon. All I, all I wrote down here is needles beat snake? I guess so. <laughs> so... Yeah, a commentary on just how asinine these abilities are and what the weaknesses are. Lastly, Top Man, the first boss I should have should have fought. He can get fisted. He's the only robot weak to fists, which technically Mega Man is also weak to fisting also. But um, yeah, they got something in common. Uh, and then because one, I was playing this immediately after Mega Man 2 and it was getting pretty late. Uh, I was actually pretty tired playing Mega Man 3, but also, too, I'm really fucking stupid. So after we beat the initial eight Robot Masters, four more Robot Master stages show up. But instead of showing who they are, they're all silhouetted. What could it mean? Who are these mysterious Robot Masters? And at first I was like, are these just the Wily stages? Do you get to choose which Wily stage you go to? But no, they're not. They're not Wily stages. These are actually called the Dock Robots, also known as padding. So at this point, you know, you select whatever stage you want. But we're now replaying remixed versions of Sparkman's, Needleman's, Gemini Man's, and Shadow Man's stage, with a boss fight, of course, at the end of every stage. But I don't 
know why you guys are gonna fucking make fun of me for this i don't know why i didn't notice this one thing up until the fight with the third boss but these special robot masters they're being possessed by ghosts of robot masters from mega man 2 because when you enter that first arena you know there's just this generic looking boss they all look the same all four of these bosses look the same and every time from above another robot slowly falls from the top of the screen and merges with the one that you have to fight. And so for those first two bosses, I'm like looking at the screen and I'm like, what's happening? Who the fuck are these people? Who are these robots? Yeah, I was, I was certainly having a moment there. But then the third boss fight comes along and it hits me because I saw Bubble Man and I'm like, oh, those last two guys, that was Metal Man and Wood Man. And then I was like, wait a minute, robots don't have spirits. What the fuck is going on? Robot ghosts. <laughs> like, what is, what is, this doesn't even make sense. It's so stupid. But whatever, you fight these guys. It's exactly those fights for Mega Man 2. Um, but then after this, you fight someone named Breakman after all these stages, who is actually just, Breakman's actually just Proto Man because he fights, he fights and looks just like Proto Man. I don't know. I don't understand the name change here. I don't get it. Uh, it certainly doesn't say anything in the manual about this. In fact, the, the manual actually doesn't even mention Proto-Man at all. As the Wily stages go in Mega Man 3, the first couple are pretty basic, and the boss fights aren't very interesting. They're actually so uninteresting that in the second stage, the Yellow Devil actually comes back. But this time, he's a lot easier. And also, for whatever reason, the Yellow Devil's got some big-ass titties this time. Just some big-ass anime titties. Yellow Devil. Yellow Devil, you can get a fist or two. <laughs> And because these stages are typically really just trying to throw everything that they've got at you, there's, of course, tons of lag on some of these screens. But yeah, man, I was just, just at this point, I was just losing my patience at the end here. Mainly, and that's kind of my fault, you know, because it was getting late and I just wanted to finish the game. So it's not the game's fault. It's my fault. So I just want to make that clear. I was not in the right place to be finishing this game. <laughs> I should have just stopped playing it and come back to it. But yeah, this, I mean, these last couple of stages, they were just really fucking hard to me. And um, at one point you come across an enemy who actually isn't hard at all. This enemy is just kind of a basic enemy, but his pattern makes it so that he is invulnerable for like a certain period of time. And when I was playing, like he just would not open himself up for attack. Like no matter what I did, he just stayed in a state of invulnerability, which is hey, that's a smart move, but also... I got a fucking video game to finish. It just took so long for me to kill these enemies. Their AI just was not cooperating at all. And I guess to give some context for the enemy that I'm talking about, it's those, um, it, they're just basically just a giant version of the little orange guys that run around with the hard hats on. Yeah, it's just, they're not hard enemies. I was just losing my patience 
And I was just getting really fucking annoyed. The fight with Dr. Wiley is also really hard. He's like in this machine that's like stomping around and firing at you. And it's kind of hard to determine where exactly the fireballs are going. It's actually pretty random. The only way to hit him is when he periodically drops to the ground and just whole fights basically a test of endurance. And it was only when I was actually doing research for the show and reading the correct route to take through the game that I found out that you could just use Rush Jet to fly right up to Wily and continually blast him right in the face. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I was very tired at this point. I wasn't thinking. But when the fight is over, turns out we are fighting a robotic version of Dr. Wily. Obviously, there's a fake out. There's always a fake out. There's a second fight. The second fight, really easy. Super easy. Uh, it did take me a minute to figure out in the, I guess, the second part of the second fight that you actually just had to use Top Man's power up and just spit. Top Man's power up is really stupid. It's literally just Mega Man twirling. Mega Man just does a twirl. <laughs> That's it. Um, but you just jump on top of Dr. Wily's head and, and twirl on him. Top Man's power up. Does that make Dr. Wily a bottom then? If he's weak to Top Man? Fisting, hard man, tops. Anyway, the arena crumbles around you. Parts of the ceiling crush Mega Man and Dr. Wily. Pretty fucking brutal, but Mega Man is saved by his brother, Proto Man, and brought back to Dr. Light's lab. And you get this weird ending. I don't understand this ending, really, uh, where it tells you what happened to the Robot Masters from the first game. Kind of like a where are they now <laughs> type of thing. I don't know what this is. Um, they just kind of give you updates or something for some reason. I, I have no idea what this is. I don't know. It seems like Mega Man 3 was supposed to be some sort of like greatest hits or something like that. So real quick, we got two more sections to go through here. And we're going to start with the music for the games. It's great. Music is phenomenal. Honestly... And that's something that should just go without saying. But which soundtrack do I prefer? Right. I got to go with Mega Man 2. Now, Fujita is a great composer and at this point has a great resume of games behind her. But nothing about her music in Mega Man 3 really captures the spirit of Mega Man for me. The only songs that really stood out to me were Magnet Man's theme and uh, the second stage of the Wily Tower and Proto Man's theme. The score to Mega Man 3 is just much darker and has like a more melancholic tone to it. Meanwhile, the work Maname Matsume did for Mega Man 2 is just unfuckable with. It's probably one of the best NES soundtracks. Top 5 at least. It sounds futuristic. It sounds electronic. It's real upbeat. It follows the pace of the game so well. Even the worst songs are really good. Uh, Bubble Man, Air Man, and Crash Man's theme are arguably the worst in the game, but they're still catchy. I already mentioned the song that plays over the first stage of uh, Dr. Wily's Tower, and of course, you've got that fucking main theme. That main theme that returns from the first game and it's made even better here. Mega Man 2 soundtrack just fucking bangs, man. Probably favoring that over Mega Man 3 here might be a little unfair, but probably going to be using a lot more clips, music clips from that game, than I'm going to from 3. 
So with that, we got one more section here. Let's talk about some cheats. So You're sorry. You're sick, you fucking slut. Who is this dirty whore? I didn't see no, this. gonna win. Ooh, you dirty little cheaters. Let's run these down real quick. Both games, they have a password system that allows you to customize the game however you want. So for instance, do you want Bubble Man, Air Man, and Crash Man defeated with two E-Tanks in your inventory? You can do that. That's something you can do. Do you want Spark Man defeated uh, have Rush Marine and eight E-Tanks in your inventory. You can do that too. Uh, the combinations for the passwords and the stuff that you can do with them, they're practically endless. What I want to specifically talk about is some of the exploits. So in Mega Man 2, you can warp from Air Man stage directly to Wily stage 2. During the boss fight with Air Man, use item 1 so that the platform is created on the far left side of the arena. Jump on the platform, and you'll notice that it already becomes all glitched out by not moving the air attacks created by Airman. If you're in the correct position on the platform, as you go past the entrance to this room, it will act as though you just entered a door and push you through the right-hand side of the room. Now, for some reason, this ends up being stage two of Dr. Wily's castle, except now, all the backgrounds and platforms are made up out of the backgrounds platform textures of Airman stage. Now this next exploit is something that I actually knew about and actually used it quite frequently. You can actually make enemies disappear in some areas of the game. If you see an enemy just on the edge of the screen and you just move a little bit to the left and then back again, the enemy will disappear and you won't have to fight with them. If you spam the pause button uh, while you're playing the game, the enemy's shots will actually clip right through Mega Man, making you invincible. As for Mega Man 3, there's nothing too crazy here. Uh, for infinite E-Tanks, every time you find an energy tank in a stage, take it and get a game over. This allows you to keep your energy tanks by default after you get a game over, and the ener energy tank that you found will respawn and you just rinse and repeat this until you have as many energy tanks as you want. Lastly, if you want a super jump and invincibility in Mega Man 3, when holding right on controller 2, you will jump twice as high as normal and will also be able to survive falling down into bottomless pits. The invulnerability aspect comes in if you fall into a pit when you hold right on controller 2 and then manage to exit the pit. So long as you never gather any more health in that level, you will never be harmed. But also keep in mind that you will also lose the use of your Mega Buster. And that's it. That is Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3. So, in the end, 
say you come up to me, see each other out on the streets, and you're like, Keith, fuck you, you hated Mega Man. But would you recommend Mega Man 2 or Mega Man 3? And I would say yes, absolutely, play both of them. At least do yourself a favor and play two. It's probably one of the purest Mega Man experiences, in my opinion. You know, before replaying these for the show, I actually came in knowing that Mega Man 3 was actually my favorite, but now. Oh man, I don't know. I think I like Mega Man 2 just a little bit more. And don't get me wrong, like, 3 is a really good game, too. I just think I didn't play it with a very good mindset. And the route that I took through that game was just painful. So Mega Man 3 just kind of ended up being very hard for me and is, you know, by default, just a little more difficult than 2 if you are looking for that old school Mega Man challenge, which I should also mention Mega Man 2 has two difficulty settings. So you can still get that challenge in that game as well. As for the rest of the series, you can pretty much go a la carte from here. I mean, I won't be covering them unless I do like a side quest episode later on. But that does it. That's it for Mega Man. We won't be returning to the series again until I get to Mega Man X, which is going to be years from now. Years? Maybe a year. I don't know. We'll see. If you follow the show on Instagram, you may have noticed the schedule for next month is looking a little bare. I'm only putting out three episodes, and I'm doing a mailbag episode as well. But um, all three games, they're classics in their own right. Well, one, one may be a little less than classic. Um, <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of work going into those episodes. A lot of history, deep dives, I guess. August is going to probably be pretty bare as well. I'm also on this. I'm playing some pretty bigger games, longer games for the show as well. Um, spoiler also for August, Final Fantasy 3 is coming. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I spoiled you guys the past week or so. I put out, you know, what, five or six episodes in the past five days or something like that. So, uh, yeah, you've probably got your fill of the main quest podcast. Uh, but in case you haven't, follow the show on Instagram, The Main Quest. You can also find me on Twitter, at MainQuestPod. And finally, if you want to write into that mailbag for next month, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at MainQuestPod at gmail.com. So I'm basically going to be taking the next few weeks off, maybe week, I don't know. I'll keep you guys posted when the next episode is coming, which is going to be The Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Oh boy. Until then, keep it tight. Keep it safe. You know, from fists. I'll talk to you guys later.
think Rush is gonna need some serious repairs. And I can live with my damage. Who is this? I'm Mega Man X, Dr. Light, and you created me.